Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. It's a precious thing when, um, for those of you in ministry who start out and um, you just pray, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of minister who's chasing after doors, you know, chasing after pulpits. Um, for some reason, God just didn't let that be my portion. Thank God. Um, I'm totally surrendered to him. And so he's been doing amazing things to connect me with people after his heart. You know, and uh, one of the most precious gifts in my life is Pastor Angie. And I just appreciate God for that. For recognizing the what God has put in me and given me the honor. I know she loves all of you and she's very careful who she brings here to pour out. So it's such an honor to me. And Pastor Tim, oh, let's give him, let's give him a hand. Pastor Tim, we love you too. We appreciate you for allowing our mommy to be who she is. There are some men who would be intimidated. But you've allowed her to be who she is. And because of that, she's a mother to so many of us. A little girl like me from the backside of the desert in Africa can say, that's my mama. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I want to honor my mom today. She's in Africa, praying for me, interceding for me. She knows I'm ministering here. Um, and then I want to honor my, my biggest cheerleader, my husband, Jonathan. <laughs> Hallelujah. I scored on that one. Man, I won the lottery. <laughs> he is so, he's just quality. He's an excellent man. He loves God. And I'm so blessed to have him. And my little two little cheerleaders that God gave me out of his goodness and mercy after years of infertility, supernaturally, he gave me those girls. I think they are, they've been shadowing their favorite, their best friend, Sister Sandra. I can't find them. <laughs> They just love her to bits. Uh, but they're here somewhere. So I give God praise for this morning. I believe that the Lord has a word for us. Can you please help me out and just increase my volume just a little bit because I've kind of lost my voice. So hallelujah. But this morning, the Lord really has something amazing for us. And I want to encourage every one of you. Do you understand my English? Is it too African for you? 
I'm trying to slang it a bit so that uh, <laughs> sometimes when I get in the heat of the anointing, I forget. And all you hear is this thick accent coming at you, but like a freight train. I love that song. <laughs> Your love is coming like me like a freight but this morning, I pray that you'll be able to hear, not just with your physical ears, but with your spiritual ears, because God is going to do something new in all our lives. And when I was praying, I said, Lord, touch us. But I said, Lord, I want to be touched. I'm being the vessel, but even I want to be touched. We are all going to be touched this morning. Just slip up your hand and say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. Lord, I'm hungry for you. Touch me today. Touch me today. Now begin to pray. Begin to pray. Tell the Lord to touch you today. Oh, Tell him I open up my heart, Lord, to receive what you have for me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. If there's a, on Mother's Day, my heart always goes, you know, is, is deeply in prayer for women who are trying to conceive. Um, on Mother's Day, we forget about them. And I've been at that place where I was barren and I'd go to church and they would honor the mothers and I'd be left out and I'd feel so bad. If you are one of those women here this morning, I salute you as a future mother. Hallelujah. But see, even if you don't have a biological uh, child, you're an aunt. You're somebody's godmother. You're somebody's aunt. That's mothering, right? So we honor you too. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is on your side and I pray that there will be a performance, a supernatural performance in your life. That the Lord will empower you by his supernatural power as he empowered me and my mother to deliver when all the odds were against them. My mother also fought with barrenness for many years. She had a total of seven children if I'm not mistaken each one of them died I was the only one that made it barely in Hartford, Connecticut and um, just when they thought that finally after miscarriages, delivery after delivery I made it and then uh, but I was severely premature and they thought they had lost me. Well, the Lord gave me life by God's grace. And then at the age of four months, I stopped breathing. And they rushed me to the hospital. They thought they'd lost me again. But through the ministry of uh, Dr., the late Dr. Norman Vincent Peel, the Lord used them to revive me and to speak into my life. And today I am here to give hope to the hopeless. Hallelujah. The Lord is able. 
to do it. Hallelujah. Even after me, my mom got pregnant after me and she didn't survive. And I always ask the Lord, why? I mean, my mother had twins, two pairs. I didn't make it. In fact, one pair is in a teaching hospital in Ghana as a specimen for study, according to my mom. Why? Why? Why did I make it and not them? Sometimes in my depression, I weep. And I'm like, Father, I think my brother could have done a better job if he had, he had lived. Why did you choose me out of all those kids to survive? This morning, I'm bringing forth a word to somebody full of questions. It's a prophetic word. If you turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16, kindly turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. And we are going to read, and God is going to drop this prophetic word into somebody's spirit. And this is the sum total of my life. Throughout the week, I was asking the Lord what to bring to freedom. And I kept hearing Hagar. 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 I mean, before then, whenever I hear Hagar, I'm like, it's a negative connotation, right? It's like when you hear Ishmael, you're like, oh, no. All of a sudden, you hear 9-11, you know. <laughs> so, I'm like, Hagar, Lord, really? I kept hearing Hagar, Hagar, Hagar. So, anyway, I obeyed. I went to the Word, and I turned to where Hagar was. And my goodness, her life preached to me. And the Lord said, I want you to bring this word to freedom. And you'll see why. Hallelujah. So we're going to read from verse 5. Let's read from verse 4. Genesis 16, 5 to 13. It's a, a bit long, but I need it as a background to be able to uh, minister well. So Abram had slept with Hagar. We all know that Hagar was the concubine of Abraham. Sarah was Abraham's wife. But because she couldn't have a child, she asked her uh, Abraham to sleep with, his, uh, with her maid. And her maid was Hagar. So in a way, Hagar was really an illegitimate choice. She was not the choice of God. She was the choice of man. And that is why whenever I hear Hagar, um, I'm not too excited. But now, the story has changed. This is why. And she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. 
The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abraham replied, look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, You are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Thereafter, and here's where I got the title of my message. Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me. If you go to Amplify, Genesis 16, verse 13. So she, Hagar, called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing, for she said. Have I not even in the wilderness looked upon him who sees me and lived? Or have I here also seen the future purposes or designs of him who sees me. In other versions it says, and she named the name of the Lord El-Rohi, the God who sees me. This morning, the title of my message is proclaiming the name of the Lord El-Rohi, the God who sees you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that we have a God who sees you? My goodness. This story touched my heart so much. And the Lord was speaking to me and said that there are a people in here in freedom this morning who feel like Hagar in the wilderness. In the wilderness. Hagar was just running. Rejected. When they needed her to bear a son, she was relevant. But once they didn't need her, they tossed her away. There are some of us who are feel like we've been tossed aside. There are some of us, this woman had no destiny. 
She had no future. She had been punished so severely. All she could think about was survival. There are some of us who are just, we are, we are hanging to life by a thread of hope. All hope is almost gone. This morning, the Lord sent me to you to tell you there is hope. She was in the wilderness. Didn't know where she was going, mommy. There was no oasis that she knew she was heading towards. No living being. No living habitation that she knew of. No shelter. No love. Even on Mother's Day, there are some mothers, and I, my heart goes to those in the senior center, who have no one. Some mothers feel the loneliest on Mother's Day. Their kids have abandoned them. I've come for the lonely person. The one that feels like they are lost in the crowd. The one that feels like everybody has a life, but I have nothing to show. If you go to Genesis chapter 21, Hagar had delivered at that time. She had Ishmael. When Ishmael was 13 years old, Sarah gave birth to Isaac. She said, now we have a son. Abraham, get rid of that woman and her boy. Once again, this woman, Hagar, ran for her life. If you read chapter 21, it said she ran aimlessly. Amplified version aimlessly and Abraham sent them with one bottle of water into the hot desert and when they got there it said that they came to the end of their water and Hagar left, left her son under a tree and walked away because she just couldn't bear the agony of watching her son die just when she, her son raised up a cry and began to weep. And she began to weep. And the Bible said that when the Lord heard the cry of the boy, he spoke to Hagar. He opened her eyes and she saw a well. This morning I've come for the mother who's been weeping for her son. The Lord hears his cry. I've come for the mother whose son or daughter is incarcerated. He heard the boy's cry because when the boy cried, he heard Abraham, no matter the fact that the boy was illegitimate, the boy was not born out of the counsel of God. And yet because of the seed 
of his father, Abraham, in him. And this God had covenanted with Abraham. He heard the boy's cry. I believe he did not hear Ishmael. He heard Abraham. And the Lord made a promise. I will make him, even him, even him, even him. That society has rejected. Even him, Ishmael, I will make him great. This morning, the Lord is telling me to tell the mother of the wayward son, the mother of the wayward daughter, that I have a covenant with you. And because of that, even if your son is in jail, even if your son is in prison, when he cries, I hear him. And I will make something out of that life because of the covenant I have with you. Hallelujah. Isn't God wonderful? Glory to God. So here's my thing. Here's my argument. Here's my argument. Very simple message. If God could hear and see a concubine, if God could see the other woman who had no share in the covenant, who had no share in his plan for Israel, right? She was a mistake. She was a mistake. Some of, of us feel like we are a mistake. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. You think God didn't know that Abraham would step out even before he created Adam? God was not taken by surprise. He already had a plan for her. This God that we serve is just He's just something else. He's just something else. <sighs> Hallelujah. The name of Ishmael means God hears. This morning, God wants us to have a revelation of him as the God who sees and the God who hears. And he doesn't just see and hear. But he's also the God who intervenes. When he heard the boy, he didn't just hear. He opened the mother's eyes to see a well. And they were able to live because of that. This morning, I believe that God is going to visit somebody. God is going to visit somebody. Who feels like all hope is gone? You feel like you're just walking in your life. You're just going aimlessly. You're in the wilderness. There's no path. You see beasts at night when you dream dreams, very strange dreams. All hell has broken against you. Anytime you make a decision to do something, you go to school, you can't finish you start a business, it flops. You enter a relationship, it flops. You marry, it, it, you divorce. Any good thing you start, you can't finish. 
and you are watching the clock tick, tock, tick, tock, year by year, growing older and older and older. No retirement funds, no house, still renting, can't pay barely the car note, going aimlessly. Oh, there was a time in your life when you thought you had dreams of greatness. You had all these things lined up. Oh, I'll be great. When I grow up, I'll do this. When I grow up, I'll do that. You felt like a giant. In fact, your life started well. And then all of a sudden, something hit, derailed you. And you are wandering in the wilderness. Like Hagar. There was a time you thought you had a purpose. There was a time Hagar thought, oh, I'm set for life. Now I am the woman. I can do what Sarai couldn't do. Oh, now I've arrived. Just when she was beginning to enjoy the benefits. I've come for that person in the wilderness. This morning is a very personal word. Our God is a God who sees you. Hallelujah. He sees you. In the midst of the crowd, he sees you. He sees you even with your frailties and weaknesses. Some of us think that God doesn't care. We're just too evil. <laughs> oh, there was a time I did something a while back, years back. I was so shocked by what I said. I mean, I said something really vindictive, you know, like you, you're going after someone. And I said, can't believe that you still love me. I beat myself up for weeks because the Holy Ghost convicted me. Some of us are conviction. <laughs> I always say that. I have one of the most sensitive consciences. One of the most sensitive because there are some of us we do stuff and we go scot-free. No, 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 no. <laughs> With me, the least infraction the least thing I do, Holy Ghost gives me a slap. Uh. Oh, Lord. I know I shouldn't have said that. Oh, Lord. That was an exaggeration. Oh, Lord. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. And some of us have beaten ourselves over one mistake that we did. We've beaten ourselves and beaten ourselves and we feel like God has forgotten about us. This morning we sang, I love that song. I'm going to learn it. His love keeps coming at me like a freight train. Can't stop it. Keeps coming like what? What's the next one? Like a wave, tidal wave. Breaking. And it overwhelms. Ooh, this morning somebody received this love. Received this love. That teenager... Who is so just beat up by self-condemnation. 
receive the love of the Father. He said, come to tell you, I see you. And if I remember, that was the first word the Lord gave Sister Julie through me in this ministry. He said, tell, he reminded me, tell my daughter Julie, I see her. When somebody says he sees you, it means that when you think you are insignificant, when you think like you are lost in the crowd, when you think that everybody else has a life, and God has forgotten you. He says, I see you. And I care. And I, I, I am paying attention to you. That's what seeing means. Not just a precursory glance. Oh, I see you. I see you. I see. I see into your heart. I see into your psyche. The way you think. I see into your past. I see what your past did to you. I see how it has brought you to this place. I see what you're going through. And I am concerned about you. And I'm paying attention to you. My glance has not been broken. My gaze is still on you. This God is the one who never sleeps nor slumbers. Somebody this morning received a revelation. God is seeing me. Seeing me. I, as I was sharing yesterday about a man of God that I love so much who used to minister in my church in Connecticut, the late John Paul Jackson. And I said one thing about the guy that I, you know him, mommy, John Paul Jackson. Oh, my God. He's one of God's generals. He just died recently. He's gifted in visions and dreams. And I said, when you see the guy, one thing that I can't forget about the guy is his eyes. He's a prophet. And when you look at John, he's got these beautiful blue eyes. And when you look into his eyes, you feel like this guy can see into my soul. And this is a man. How much more God? I like. He says, I see you in your bedroom late at night when everybody is asleep and you weep. I see you. I see you when you weep and you don't even know what's wrong with you. I know. And this morning, the Lord has come to touch somebody like that. The Lord has come to reassure somebody like that. In spite of your mistakes, I see you and I'm concerned. And I have a plan to take you out into a better place. I see your confusion. I see your depression. I see your frustration. I see your anger. Your anger with your parents. I see it all. I see the misunderstanding. I see. I see how people have misunderstood you. And no matter how you try to explain, they still don't get you. But I get you. Because I made you. Hallelujah. Jehovah El Rohi. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, my God is Jehovah El 
Rohi. Say that again. And he is the God who sees me. Say that. Say he is the God who sees me. Now lift up your hands. Say, Father, this morning, I acknowledge and I proclaim your name, Jehovah El-Rohi, the God who sees me. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 21, verse 14. I've already, no, sorry. Let's go to Genesis 29, 31. Genesis 29, 31. We're still talking about this God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This morning he's revealing himself to us as Jehovah El Rohi. You know, through the scriptures, in the, especially in the New Covenant, in the Old Testament, God, because they didn't know God, right? Abraham did not have a clue who God was. till so he heard a voice say, leave your father's house. He didn't have a clue. He didn't have a track record. See, God didn't have a track record with Abraham. We can say we know God because God has bailed us out many times, right? We know him as a provider because there was a time when we didn't have anything and God provided. We know him as a healer because there was a time we were sick. Abraham had none of that. He had nothing. All he had was a voice. Just imagine. Just imagine, some of us, if all we heard was a voice out of the blue. I am your God. Leave your father's house. We'd be like, I think I need to be in the loony bin. I'm I'm hearing voices. (laughs) Who is that? We'll go and call a psychic to come and maybe we'll think our house is infested with ghosts. But Abraham had the voice. And he believed God. And that is why God holds him in such high esteem. Because some of us, God has set a track record with us for decades. Still, we don't believe. God has done things for us over and over again. Something we, we had accidents. We should have died. We are still alive. God has done so much for us. And still, we don't believe him. Hey, today somebody needs to repent. What else should he do to convince you that he loves you? He gave everything he had in the form of his beloved, only, only begotten son. God doesn't have any other son or daughter. I mean, we are his children, but I'm talking about divinity. Jesus Christ was all he had. And you know how God treasures sons. Especially firstborns. And we know he's the firstborn among many brethren. And yet because God loved us so much. He didn't bat an eye. An 
eyelid. Said, I'll give him to you because I love you. This morning I pray, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you are not living consistently for him, if you have not experienced the love of the Father in heaven, I pray that when we call for altar call, that you will come boldly to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your life will never be the same. Will it be a walk in the park? No. Because once you become, you yoke up with the Father, you yoke up with the Son, you yoke up with the Holy Spirit, you become a target of the enemy. But will your life have meaning? Oh, yes. And it's not just for this earth, but throughout all eternity. Immediately you become the bride of Christ. I said once I got the revelation that I am the bride of Christ through all eternity. I said, Father, if here on earth you will make me insignificant. And here on earth nobody will even know who I am. I still have won. I still have won. Because for all eternity... I am the bride of Christ. That alone should set you up regarding your purpose. When I walk into a room and a spirit of intimidation hits, ooh, I remember, I'm the bride of Christ. Ooh. And my walk changes. Initially, it was like this. I'm looking. Mm, all these important dignitaries. Wow, anointed men and women of God. Who am I, Lord? Then the Holy Ghost whispers, you forgot. You are the bride of Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. I walk with majesty, with attitude. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful? This walk of faith, my brothers and sisters, this walk of faith is not boring. If you are having a boring life as a Christian, there's something wrong. We serve a supernatural God. You know adrenaline high? Adrenaline high. I have it all the time. The Holy Ghost is fire. If you haven't been baptized by the Holy Ghost, ooh, you've missed out. It's delicious. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it's the most heavenly thing ever. Yesterday, I was having a party in my house. I told Pastor Angie I was hosting our praise team in church. And after we had eaten, we had rehearsed, we sat around the dining table, and they just said, talk to us. And I, I shared the message I'm sharing with you. And they were crying, some were crying. And and, and and then I got to this part and we just somehow just started talking about the supernatural God and the supernatural nature of God. That he would reveal himself to a woman who doesn't even know him. Who was not even qualified. He would reveal to himself to him and, and, and speak to her 
And this is the kind of God we serve. When you have the Holy Spirit, he speaks to you. The Holy Spirit came to be with us 24 hours a day. But some of us have taken it for granted. We don't, look, the Holy Spirit can come upon you physically. You feel him. It happened to me three days ago when I was praying about the service. I said, Lord, I'm not leaving this bedroom. I was locked in my bedroom. I said, Holy Spirit, you're my senior partner. I can't come and minister to your people without you. You gotta, you gotta give me something to bring. Some fire. And I waited. Ooh, first hour. Tick tock. See, believers, oh, I've totally gone off my message right now. <laughs> believers, we don't persevere. We don't persevere, Christians. We are too comfortable. We are here on earth. We are trying to tap into divinity. Into the supernatural. There are demons above us. Hindering our connection. You can't just be pray 10 minutes. And expect to have the fire of the Holy Ghost on you. You've got to break through. Break through the opposition. You've got to break through the hindrance. Because the devil is working unrelentingly he's working to make sure you don't connect and you just ride and, and do uh, ride by shooting you are done he will not let you 10 minutes my beloved sisters and brothers this morning you can't say you don't know because I came to tell you 10 minutes as a believer who wants to make an impact in their lives on people, on generations. Ten minutes a day of prayer. Americans, and I'm an American because I was born in Connecticut, though I'm an African too. Ten minutes is not gonna cut it. That thing that you've been struggling, that addiction, You beg God, you beg God, you beg God, you beg. Today you sin, tomorrow sorry. Today you sin, tomorrow sorry. Today you sin. And you can't even spend 10 minutes a day. You think that addiction is going to break? Ever? You're going to keep going around the mountain, around the mountain. Here's a sister who loves you. And I know you're taking it. You're taking it because you can tell I'm, 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 I'm real. I'm transparent. If you want those encounters, if you want to experience the reality of God, that's not only left for Papa Morris Cirillo. God is not just the God of Catherine Coleman. Before Catherine Coleman was Catherine Coleman, she was a nobody. What 
set her apart from the next person was her level of hunger and desperation. What are you willing to do to get that presence? What are you willing to do to carry that fire that without even trying your life is impacting wherever you go because you carry his presence so potently that wherever you go you are not even trying to minister but because you carry him I was so blessed I didn't know <laughs> you know just two weeks ago I was in Kroger just shopping with my babies they can bear witness just shopping hey 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 come back come here come here don't go too far Pick that for me, Amelie. Get me that milk. Get me that milk. And then I felt a tap on my back. I turned around. Kroger lady with her Kroger uniform. I said, hi, hi. She said, are you finding everything okay? Can I help you? I said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. How are you? How are you? How are you? She said, I'm good. I, I, I don't know, but I just felt like talking to you. I, I just felt like... I just felt like asking you a question. I don't know why. And I'm like, okay. Okay, go ahead. What, what, what do you want to know? And as soon as she asked that, the Lord immediately ministered to me. This is a, 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 um, an opportunity to minister to her. So I listened. I said, what's, what's your, yeah, how can I help you? She said, um, is it okay for me to marry an unbeliever? I said, oh, so you're a believer? She said, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, I, I'm a believer, but like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really living the way I should for him. But I just saw you and I felt like I should ask you that question. Really? Oh, and y'all know I told her what I thought. I didn't even tell her what God thought. I, I spoke the word, of course. Don't be unequally yoked. To cut, to, to cut a long story short, I invited her to church. And she got my number. I thought she wouldn't show up. You know, you meet so many people. You invite them to church. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. But oh, you never see them. Next Sunday, she was in church. And she was blessed. And she said, I was so touched today. And now I know what to do. I need to focus on God. It's not time for me to marry. And this is a woman who was in a halfway house. Uh, not halfway. What's it called? Women's shelter. So, so what made her, out of all the shoppers in Kroger, pick little old me? She saw beyond me. She saw the who was in me. People need to see the who is in us. They need to go beyond the shell. If we want to be carriers of his glory. My brothers and sisters, back to my bedroom. First hour. Speaking in tongues, Lord. Lord, I'm not leaving. You're a supernatural God. I need a supernatural touch. Second hour. I entered into deep worship. Worship. 
Worship is the key to the glory realm. If you can't break through any way, any other way, just begin to worship and give it time. Just keep going. After the second hour, suddenly there was a break. And I began to weep. And then the heat of his presence. He is real. And I told the people at the dining table yesterday, I said there was a time when I was told that it's bad to seek after the supernatural God. Because when you are seeking for encounters, you are acting out of unbelief. You've got to believe him even without the signs. So I quit. For like a year, I was shying away from the supernatural. I didn't want to go wrong with God. Somebody else told me, it's very easy for you to connect with demons when you're seeking after the supernatural. You know, because the devil will try to mimic. I believed it. What a lie. The character of my father is that he's a supernatural father. So if I negate or I neglect his supernatural side, then, then it means I'm not embracing the full God. Why should I have half when I can have the whole? Why? Let's pant after the supernatural. Pant after deeper waters. Pant after the fire. Pant after the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He will come. He will come to you. That's his promise. Said so they that diligently seek him. He'll reward them. Hallelujah. Now I was talking about Leah. Genesis 29 verse 31. Open your Bible to Genesis 29 31 please. And when the Lord saw that Leah was despised, he made her able to bear children. But Rachel was barren. Y'all know the story of Rachel and Leah. Jacob took a glimpse at Rachel and fell in love with her. And he said, I will work seven years if you'll give me your daughter to Laban as my wife. And you all know the story on the wedding night. I don't know how that's possible. But on the wedding night, there was an identity theft <laughs> of, of a magn magnitude that I've never seen before. <laughs> Leah pretended to be Rachel. And so Jacob had to work seven more years for Leah. And because of that, Jacob despised her. And the Bible makes us know that Leah was not that attractive. I think they said something about her eyes being lazy or something like cross-eyed or something, something funny. So, you know, physically, she was despised for who she was. Having betrayed, you know, having lied, having made him work extra. And then being who she was, not as beautiful as her sister. So Jacob despised her. And this scripture said, And the Lord what? Saw Leah. That she was despised. 
And because he saw her condition, he made her able to have children. But the one who was loved became barren. Our God is a God of justice. Leah was forced to take Rachel's place by her father because her father said, it's not wise in our custom for the second born to get married before the first born. So you go. And yet God saw Leah, the despised one. Some of us here, we've been unjustly treated. Unjustly. A physical look. Look, people will put labels on you because of the way you look. I've been aware of that since I was a child. I've always been a chubby girl. Fat has been a label I had to contend with for many years. Almost caused me to commit suicide as a teenager. I have a very close friend who had polio as a child. Beautiful, precious, powerful woman of God. And we share, and she says, even now, you know, sometimes I feel like people haven't, because she limps, but she's a minister. People haven't taken that label of me. They see my handicap, and they just despise me. They just, but they don't know the dunamis that is within. People would despise you for the family you come from. Especially in a close-knit town like Rosset. They know you used to do some bad stuff or your family is known for some bad traits or they immediately cast you aside. Society is in a hurry to place a label on you. But say God is the God of the underdog. God is the God of the underdog. He fights for the underdog. That is why he would see David who had been rejected by his own father. A prophet comes to town and says, the Lord said that one of your sons is going to be a king. Where are they? He lines up all the prospective ones. The ones he feels, oh, yeah, this is king material. And the one that, the little one, the one who's always looking after the shepherd, smelling like sheep, they leave him there. And, and the prophet, even the prophet <laughs> is misled because he's looking at their stuff. Oh, this one. Oh, this one would make a magnanimous, handsome king. I can actually see the crown on his head. Oh, look at his jet black hair. Gelled down straight like a, what's this guy's name? Greece, John Travolta or something. <laughs> now you can tell my age. <laughs> said that would make, oh he's so tall, look at the way he walks mm. oh yeah that must be him, God said Mm-mm. I've rejected him, Mm-mm. next goes through all the sons and then the prophet are these all your sons for real he's like oh 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 there's another one in the wilderness there's another one looking after that bring him we will not sit down read your bibles that's what the prophet said. We will not even sit down until he comes. God had seen David in the wilderness. God saw Joseph 
in the prison. Joseph interpreted the dream for the butler. The butler said, man, you saved me a lot. When I go to the king, I promise, I gotcha, I gotcha. I will tell him about your amazing gift. I, trust me. He got out and he totally forgot Joseph. But the Lord saw Joseph in the prison. You might be in the prison, but the Lord sees you. You might be in the wilderness, but the Lord sees you. My God, the Lord saw Leah. And he made her able to give birth. If you are somebody here, you are struggling to have children, today I'm going to believe for you, with you, to conceive and to deliver. On Mother's Day, I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost, oh, Malika Tiri Kapari Aliya Satari Adarabakuriai, hey, Mazundali Kapaya Maza. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. May the womb of a certain woman be quickened this morning. May you be Leah this morning. May you be Leah this morning. In the name of Jesus, may your womb quake. May your womb be shaken. May your womb be quickened by the power of the Holy Ghost who lives in you resurrection power resurrection power resurrection power and if you have a spiritual womb you have a dream you have a vision is laid dormant for years may the Holy Ghost quicken that dream quicken that vision you have a gift you know you have a gift you know you have a gift but you can't use it you don't know how to use it you haven't seen it manifest may that gift in your belly be quickened by the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Rachel thought that she was the chosen one and y'all know what happened. Leah, the despised, out of Leah came Judah. Not Rachel. Out of Judah came David. Not Rachel. Out of David came Jesus. Hallelujah. Out of Leah came Jesus. Out of the despised came Jesus. Out of the rejected came Jesus. Hallelujah. Out of you will come greatness. Out of you will come deliverance. Out of you will come healing. Out of you will come power. You will deliver. You will deliver. Out of the barrenness, you will deliver. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in Luke chapter 19, a man called Zacchaeus. You can remain standing because we'll be praying in a second. A man called Zacchaeus. A short man according to the Bible. You know the Bible doesn't often describe people physically. 
but it was very spe- specific. He said a short man called Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was in town. And Zacchaeus was hungry for Jesus. And Zacchaeus was thirsty for Jesus. He said, today I have to see Jesus. I'm short. We are told that he was lost in the crowd. But he was so desperate to see Jesus. He climbed a sycamore tree. And my favorite part, the Bible said that when he climbed the tree, as Jesus was walking with the crowd of people, some touching his garment, some jostling his disciples, Jesus have mercy on me. Jesus touch me as Jesus was walking. The Bible says that when he got under the tree, he looked up. He looked up. He's looking at you. Jesus sees you where you are, whether you are up in a tree. Hey! And he says, Zacchaeus, this day I have to come to your house. Today somebody's, Jesus is coming to somebody's house. Are you desperate enough to have an encounter with him? I've talked about the dejected. I've talked about the rejected. I've talked about the aimless. I've talked about the hopeless. I've talked about the mother with the son, with the daughter in incarceration. The mother with the son or daughter who's acting up. I've spoken about the barren woman. I've spoken about the one who is suffering under labels. I've spoken about the one who doesn't feel like God sees them. And they're just lost in the crowd. If you are such a person, the Lord wants to touch you this morning. Come forward and we will minister to you in the name of Jesus. If you are not one and you are in the seats, begin to pray in the spirit. Because the Lord is going to touch all of us. Just be hungry. And not just hungry. You've got to be open. Be open. Look, when I'm desperate, right? When I'm desperate for the Lord. I don't care how my face looks. I don't care who's standing on my right or to my left. I just want to encounter divinity. I'm just desperate for his touch. Maria Sunni. Somebody lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Those of you in the seats, just begin to pray in the spirit. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossing.com.